So I went cold turkey on all of his medications one day. Wow. I had spent time you right. know, with this research. I had spent time in the lab. I didn't like anything that was out there. And of course, in, in the state of Tennessee, it wasn't for sale. It was illegal uh, anyways. So I, I cared more about delivery. I cared more about the base. And so I focused on putting CBD into an appropriate base that I could just put into his G-tube. Wow. And again, nothing planned. I went cold turkey off of all of his medications. And I just started pumping this in his G-tube. Okay. And in two days, his eyes started moving around. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> On today's episode of A Little Higher, we have Dr. Annabelle Manalo Morgan with us. And we're going to have a big conversation, one that really matters. Yes. Yeah. So. I've been waiting to do that. You've been bugging me for a while. So I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. The oil. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Yeah. The intentions were there. Yes. Know, a little busy. Well, I mean, we when we started a little higher, we made a dream list. Okay. Who's 10 guests that if we could, if we were doing it right, they would come on to our show and they'd have a conversation to take a desired topic a little higher and your name was top of the list nice. so to have you here is grateful such an honor grateful. um it's an honor to be here really proud of you and for everything you're doing so i'm just happy to be here and have you. this conversation with you that means a lot to me you and i met four years ago okay through it was funny when you were coming in you're like how did we meet i was like i'm gonna tell you <laughs> when we start recording i'll um, remember it's always kind of blurry but yeah so it was good vibes. We met through our partner, Will Tarleton, so Christy's husband. Yep. Um, and you've known him for a while. Yeah, so long. And yep. we're going to learn more about your story and how you got into hemp and what started you down this journey. But Will had introduced us. You and Gramps were working on a project, I want to say in Kentucky, potentially. Yes. I don't know if it ever came to fruition. No, but... we were just really kind of feel, you know, we we're trying to feel the industry, right. see where things were going. And we were told Will was the best he is the as best. far as cultivating. <laughs> and so we visited him and visited his, cool. his farm. And yeah. Yeah. And he's just the best person. Yes. He's so. amazing. It's an honor to be in business and friendship and life with him. Yeah. Um, so that's how we met. And then you and I just kept in touch. And I'd always, you know, anytime you'd post, I'm like, hype girl, like, oh my God, you're such an inspiration. Thank you. And I want to add that that is so important you know like you always talk about women supporting women right um but it's more about what you say mm -hmm. and it's more about even the interaction i just would always see you <laughs> honestly yeah. like you would just pop up and and just be there and i'd be like is that Devin, I thought I was in North Carolina. Like, right. You would be there. Yeah, I would, I, would you know? I mean, I would not, like, follow you. But I would, if you were speaking at a convention and I was yeah. going to the convention, I would make sure that my time block was to sit in the front row of yeah, your and speech. Yeah, and it, ma <laughs> it, it matters, you know. Yeah. And, I, and so I would always, I would always just kind of see you and, and, you know, I always tell my students, I'm like, you know, just show up. Yeah. You know, be so intentional about showing up and be willing to learn and mm -hmm. just absorb it. If you admire somebody or if you're influenced by somebody's work, right. then try to be around it. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I would always just see you. Yeah, I was and I can't believe up. you have kids because I kind of think of you like as a little sister. Uh huh. And, yeah. you know, which is good, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to um, be young, yes. Yes. You <laughs> like as a little sister, is like I mentee a lot of, I mentor, I should say, a lot yeah. of uh, kids now. So, 
you know, I think of them as little sisters and right. just wish I could get some grooming or I had that grooming when I was their age. Right. So I think of you like that. I'm like, well, you're always there. Yeah, always there. We talked about it in some other episodes too. It's like show up. But I think what's really important is follow up. So mm. I would always send you an email if I saw you like, thank you so much. It was a great speech. Just something. No ask. Just thank you. Yes, you did. Um, and I yes, think that did. that's really important. Show up and follow up. Yes. Um. So let's introduce you okay. more formally. So Annabelle's from Canada. I am. Dr. Annabelle is from Canada. Um, you are, I don't I have it written here so that I don't mess it up. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself once I get through this. But you have a doctorate in cell and development biology. Mm-hmm. You're going to explain what that means. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> I am not. But it really means that you're just really accredited to have the conversation that we're going to have. You do so much work. Um, cannabis is not your only you know, plant or compound that you touch. It's profound how much work she does around the world globally, not just here in Nashville, importantly here in Nashville, but globally. Um, Tell us about some of that. Yeah. So, you know, it's really interesting journey. Um, I wanted to actually go to medical school. Um, I actually came to the States to play basketball. Okay. And I was in Hurricane Katrina in 2005 and just lost touch of all my friends shout out to Dillard University in New Orleans because we were all separated and that was my senior year I was going to be captain of the basketball team and just really excited for for my team and just our community we were all really close but then Hurricane Katrina hits literally the day before training camp was Mm. starting so right before the semester and we all got separated and when we got separated I didn't play basketball anymore Um, I don't know if I was WNBA worthy anyways, but I had to figure out, all right, girl, what are you going to do? Love biology, love chemistry, was doing really well at it, and um, ended up going to Eastern Kentucky University out of all places. That was the first school, I was in Atlanta, and that was the first school that refugees of the storm were able to go and continue your studies. Wow. So went to Richmond, Kentucky, which is very different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but was very loving. So everything for a reason. Hurried up and finished a biology chemistry degree. And then I was like, okay, what's next? Right. So went to Georgetown, thought I wanted to go to medical school. And, you know, my dad got sick in 2008. Um, we were told that he had a month to live. And I hurried home and... Um, you know, we, everyone was saying goodbye to dad. Mm-hmm. This is home is in the Philippines. No, in Canada. No, he was still in Canada. So I was in okay. DC at Georgetown All right. doing the medical school stuff. Yeah. And then I went home because the doctor said my dad only had a few weeks to live. Right. And, you know, they were wrong. It's, yeah. My dad's alive today. Yeah. Um, so that was 2008. And I went back after you know a month of just like feeding my dad natural foods and i'm from saskatchewan and so that's the land of you know the native indians and so i learned a lot about those natural healing modalities growing up it was a part of my life um and then of course being filipino we just have our ways to soups and different ways to cure different things and so we really just poured into dad and he made it so when i went back home and my mentors were like oh, you know, thinking I was going to give them bad news. Right. What I said was, you know, I don't think I want to go to medical school. And my my mentor, she was like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, you all said my dad was gone. Right. Like, 
immediately. And you all put a time on him. And I don't understand where that comes from other than the fact that there's this protocol where if one plus one doesn't equal two, then... It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. And, and I don't see health and I don't see medicine in that way. Right. right? And I see as every person is different. Right. So I wanted to be more in depth about my understanding of what medicine is. Mm-hmm. And so my mentor said, well, you need to get a PhD. So I started in her lab looking at developmental neuroscience. Cool. And spent a lot of time there and then ended up coming to Vanderbilt to do a chemo project, actually. Okay. Um, it was a chemo project looking at the offset effects of chemos on the heart. Oh, wow. And so we were all actually a cardiology lab okay. studying the heart, but then we learned there were certain genetic mutations that mimicked chemotherapies. And what happens is if you take certain chemotherapies, you can end up with heart disease and then end up having heart failure one day. Right, so you so you're fix treating one cancer oh and you're creating gosh. another. And we know we know that in medicine. We know right, that right. you know there's side Sometimes effects. Sometimes you're just buying time. We know that. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted to understand how. And okay. so if I stayed in medical school, I would end up asking too many questions. And so being a cell and developmental biologist really means understanding the root. Okay. Not immediately the root of the abnormalities. Mm-hmm. but just the root of how something becomes. Right. You know, how does this one cell turn into me? <laughs> right. How does it start? How does it start? And, and the path it goes. And if you don't know how something starts, how are you going to fix it? How are you going to know how it's supposed to be? And so at the cellular level, you're looking at different signaling. You're looking at signaling from head to toe and how wow. they all interact. And then when you bring in things like medicine, when you bring in things like food. Right. What are the positive and uh, positives and negatives there? And understanding that everyone is different genetically, and so today I still work um, at Vanderbilt. So we're okay. looking at, in simple terms, creating an EpiPen for heart disease. So cool. So if someone's having, you know, this is like a probably a ten year, fifteen year project, but right. of course, for this Gotta podcast, start <laughs> yeah, for this podcast, it is creating literally an EpiPen. Okay for heart disease where, where there are no real treatments today right. um, and, and no treatments in a lot of countries where they can't afford to, you know, do an open heart surgery and give you a stent. Like there, right. there needs to be other ways. And so that at Vanderbilt, looking at chronic musculoskeletal pain out in the UK, looking at cancer out in California. And so really just getting my feet really wet. Um, I do a lot of government consulting. Right. And as a cellular biologist, understanding the root of disease and understanding the root of how things can come to be and be so dysfunctional, I can touch so many different conditions. Yeah. Right. I'm not like just focused on cancer or just focused on COVID or cardiology. I could touch so many different things. So I'm called upon a lot to um, lead a lot of the in vitro work, which is the cellular work. Okay. So um, that's what in vitro means. The, yep. When they test or study it in the cell before yep. anything else. You got it. So, so I'm cool. very busy with that. You're very busy with that. <laughs> and we will like come to this, which brought you here. So yeah. everything you just described and explained, cannabis hadn't been on your radar yet at all. Maybe no. even like shrugged off as just kind of a 
something else. Not a scientific tool. Not a scientific tool. So I want to kind of bring everyone's attention to this. So you recently wrote this book, Mighty Flower, How yep. Cannabis Saved Your Son. Um, it's an amazing book. I think I cried, laughed, and for sure had goosebumps reading the whole thing, even ahead of sitting down today as I went back through to pick out some of my favorite things, just like full body goosebumps, because it's so profound how you pulled all the pieces together and saved your son's life. But before you could do that, you had to really step back and take a broader look at everything and kind of everything you thought you knew, you had to kind of re-break it almost to relearn it and how it could apply to save your son. So your son's name is Macario. Yep. He's one of six. So he's one of five. Five. And then um, my husband and I have 14 together. Right. And so he's one of 14. One of 14. But I birthed five. But you birthed this five. This body gave yeah. five. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But your soul gives to 15. 14. 14. Oh my gosh, I keep adding one. Sorry. That's okay. Um, There's nephews and nieces and especially you, Imani. You you know, you're like my son. So yeah, there's there's definitely more than 14. You and Gramps are a power couple. So he Thank is you. a award-winning Grammy musician in yes. reggae music. So what a dynamic force the two of you have. Yeah, I guess um, you know, we get asked a lot yeah. how that works and um, how we even find synergies. Right. And, you know, the truth is, is, you know, no matter what your profession is, if you're a professional, mm-hmm. you can appreciate, you know, something different. Right. And, and scientists are, you know, we are creatives too. Right. Right. Like there's the no, most creative. If you there's think no about final it. answer yeah. in science. Right. Right. There's, you're always, you're formulating based off of others' research. You're making mm-hmm. clues and assumptions, hypotheses, right. based off of others' research. But there's no, you know, end answer. Finite, yeah. There's no finite. I mean, science is always disproved. Right. But even though it's disproved, like if I tell you something today and it comes out wrong, mm-hmm. it's everything that I've done leading up to it that contributes to that wrong answer. So it's okay. It's a, yeah, because you, you know, you it's okay. Built yourself. And I think it. in I think being a creative is understanding that it is okay to not have a final answer or to, um, you know, be right all the time. And, right. and that is the beauty in which creativity lives. Right. Yeah. So that's why we work is because we're both kind of scrambling crazy all the time. So we can <laughs> respect that. We respect yeah. that in one another. Right. His biggest market is arguably Europe and Africa. So cool. Definitely the Caribbean too. But, you know, so he's not as home as much as he wants to be. It's slowing down. He's, you know, I'm not going to say retiring, <laughs> but um, he's getting to the point where he wants to do more at home in Nashville, especially right. since he's merging reggae and country. Um but, you know, it just it just works. There's, um, you know, nothing is perfect, of course, yeah. but we do have a lot of fun. And I think yeah. I think that's the most important part. And you can feel your love. Like, you just, it's so strong. I've gotten to, you gave a speech or a, a kind of like chat um, in Nashville with Gramps. That's right. Um, and he got to sing. And he got to sing, yep. which is also just full body chills. It was cool. Yeah. It was that so was, cool. It was fun to do. We, we're starting to try to do more of that, yeah. right? Because... You know, I'm trying to normalize science, and mm-hmm. he's trying to really bring out the healing parts of music, right? So Where cool. it's all healing. Yeah. And it's Vibration. like, if you're not giving healing, then what are you doing? Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, like, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there are 
a lot of things being given throughout the mm -hmm. world in media that is not healing, that is not loving. And mm -hmm. so all we can do is be a part of the other side of that and try to give more love and good energy into the world. So we're trying to do that together. And then I think it's really interesting. It's working. Yeah, Keep doing it's, it. it's super interesting. It's, it's, it was amazing. It's I not brought, your everyday couple, for no, sure. No, it's not your everyday I brought my mom to that. She was just, oh, yeah, you know, I loved remember. it so much. Yeah. Okay, I want to bring it back to the book. So okay. you have all these kids, but one of the ones that you had had some problems. Yes. Which you're going to explain. Yep. Before we go into it, I want to kick off your kind of explanation of this book please, and your journey please. with one of I've got two of them so I won't read the whole book to y'all on this episode I don't promise. do that <laughs> people have to read it themselves but I think this gives a really strong understanding about what this book is about and that whether you're in cannabis or a mom there's a really inspiring um, undertone to everything that you talk about this so I'm going to read it. Please. <laughs> um, like many in my field, I'd spend much of my career not giving cannabis the time of day. It simply wasn't on my radar. The plant may be moving into the mainstream of popular culture at an ever-increasing rate, but the taboo of weed culture as stoner culture remains strong for many of us. It's huge. Um, without thinking too much about the claims of their medical value, I simply shrugged hemp and marijuana off the way most do. Whether as a vice or as a mind-altering entertainment, these drugs didn't have value in my life. As it turns out, a mother's grief, a gut feeling, and an open mind about learned assumptions can be a particularly potent blend of factors, and in my case, they led me to the most important discovery of my life, a pure CBD oil that not only had the power to heal my son, but to also heal others with drastically different conditions. In desperation, I created the oil seven months after Mercario's birth. Now, my life has a single, monumental mission. Give people the tools they need to change their minds about the medicinal value of cannabis and on bridging the gap between the alternative medicine, current medicine, and science. The story of how I found this mission begins with my son's tragedy, but it ends with a victory so big that it could change the world. I mean, I just have full body goosebumps again. It just doesn't stop happening. Tell us about Macario. Yeah, well, I still tear up thinking and hear, even hearing somebody else read that. Um, our lives are such a journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I hear that, all I think about is all these puzzle pieces right, that have been put in front of me throughout my life mm -hmm. and how I was able to put them together. And we don't always know in life when we're going to put these pieces together. But one thing is for certain is that every piece is important. You have to pay attention to every piece of that puzzle because when, when you're missing a piece, right. you don't have a picture. Right. Right. <laughs> so Macario is my third child. And so, of course, with him, I'm thinking I've done this before. I've got this. All right. Had a great pregnancy. Had him. Was discharged early. Okay. Actually, like, I don't even think we hit 24 hours. Um, and we went home, and my husband, Gramps, saw him, you know, twitching. Okay. And he was like, you know, he's the hiccups or, mm -hmm. you know, but he was really twitching, and he was foaming at the mouth. And so we head back to Vandy, you know, as fast as we could. And then the movie literally began. Macario had a stroke. Um, to this day, I couldn't tell you what happened. Right. Kind of when out. when was that stroke? And, right. and that stroke we know happened on the right side of his brain, but it was that left side. 
um, that was having uncontrollable seizures. So he was having anywhere from 200 to 500 seizures per day. What? How's that even possible? So when you're looking at him, he's just constantly twitching. Okay. Um, but what was even worse is that they were subclinical. So they were seizures that we can't even see. But that EEG was just going crazy and it, it had no breaks. It had no pauses, you know. Mm. And he's just a little baby. And so the goal was not to worry about the stroke. It was figure out how to stop these seizures. So they did everything, every regimen you can imagine, mm -hmm. every drug. I mean, you parents out there know the Keppra was first and the Vimpad and, you know, you name it, different combinations of it, tried it all. Nothing was working. There were, you know, bright spots of, okay, he just had a few, and then boom, just go back into action. And so for five weeks of that, mm. Um, in the neonatal ICU, um, just was being a mom, you know, I, I don't think it mattered that I was a scientist at no, that time. Everything. Um, you know, I'm not a physician. I didn't know what they were supposed to try to give him. I couldn't even think like that. Right. You know, you were truly a mom in those moments. I was in so much pain and I just wish that, you know, I could have taken, what he was going through. Anyways, they had decided to do a surgery. Actually, this surgery had never been done before. And 38% of Macario's brain was removed. So all of his left brain is pretty much gone still today. And because of because he's missing that much of the brain, this was done at 28 days old. So wow. he's missing that much of his brain. He's not going to use the right side of his body, left controls right. Mm -hmm. He's not going to communicate on his own. He's not going to have memory. He is missing a very crucial part of his brain that's important for just function in everyday life. Right. So definitely we're having a kid that's you know going to need a lot of assistance, and, and that's okay. We just wanted him yeah. to be safe. But, you know, we came home, came home with him, nine-hour surgery, and he was safe. Um, but it was, it became very routine for me just coming home and putting a tube in his belly mm -hmm. and, you know, feeding him and he, here he is growing, but you have kids, yeah. there's milestones and Macario wasn't hitting any of those milestones. So by six months, he's no different than a newborn baby. Okay. As far as his ability to, he's not moving his hands. He's not laughing. He's definitely not crawling. Right. Or sitting up, right. Okay. He's a newborn baby that's getting bigger because we're pumping milk into him. Okay. And I know from my days in neuroscience, developmental neuroscience, that Macario is supposed to be doing more. Not only that, this is the key developmental time point right. in a child's life. I mean, and everything, these the signaling at this age is so rapid. Right. Are are, are is the signaling rapid in Macario's brain right now or are all these medications that he's on bombarding the ability of his brain to rewire and, in his case, compensate for the areas that are lost? So the scientist starts turning back it on. It started to turn on. Yeah. Right? I mean, I literally came home one day and was just looking at him, and I was hooking up his milk, and it was just like no, like, no vibe, no communication, right. no, you know, like that mother and son of, of course I cuddled him, of course sure. I took care of him and loved him, but... You know, was he able to even give it back to me? Right, he was kind of doled out from he was, everything he was on. He was on seven medications. Wow. And knowing what the brain wants to do, mm -hmm. 
how do I just enable that? How do I just allow it? Like, I'm not trying to replace medications, but how do I just allow the brain to perform what's called neuroplasticity, my favorite word in the world, which is the ability to adapt, right? Right, which is the protection of the neurons for them to do the work that they want to do. And so I created him a CBD oil. This was 2016. How'd you find it? How did... Tell me about the moment where you were like, there's something here. With as far as when, the cannabinoid? Yeah, so yeah. cannabis wasn't on your radar. How did it come onto your radar for this? You know, I think a lot of people think that scientists, like, go in the lab and we're doing this <laughs> and we're boiling stuff and blowing up things. And, Don't and ruin then, it for us. That's what we think you're I doing. Mean, <laughs> and I, I know I'm trying to normalize science, but, right. but really the gift is here. Okay. And the gift is the ability to bring together those puzzle pieces. So it was all in the research. All right. You know, I was looking for something natural. I was looking not even to take him off of the medication. Mm -hmm. Maybe wean. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but um, I was looking for something that could just allow for neuroplasticity. Okay. So you started researching. I started researching and researching to us is you first read. Yes, you try and boil and blow up stuff. (laughs) But I wanted to, to read. And, and I was reading, and, you know, in scientific journals, it doesn't say cannabis, weed, marijuana. It doesn't mm-hmm. say that. Right. You know, it's the scientific names. Right. And so that cannabinoid, cannabidiol, was coming up a lot. Okay. And there wasn't a lot of research. I mean, that's still true today. Yeah. Yep. But the research that was there was showing something that could be safe. Okay. Was showing something that wasn't going to specifically target epilepsy, wasn't going to specifically target anything that maybe it could reduce neuroinflammation. So he's definitely got some neuroinflammation in there. And that could just increase signaling. Okay. You know, so I was just looking for that balance. I was looking for homeostasis. I wanted his brain to just have the ability to work on its own. And then this was also around the Charlotte's Web time. So then for me, it was like, okay, Charlotte's Web looks good. There's no research there. Um, but I could feel encouraged about the safety. I, and that was the most important to for me. To just kind of open it up. I had nothing to lose. Right. But of course, I didn't want to give him something that I had to worry about. It's safety. Right. So I went cold turkey on all of his medications one day. Wow. I had spent time, you right. know, with this research. I had spent time in the lab. I didn't like anything that was out there. And of course, in, in the state of Tennessee, it wasn't for sale, it was illegal uh, anyways. So I, I cared more about delivery. I cared more about the base. And so I focused on putting CBD into an appropriate base that I could just put into his G-tube. Wow. And again, nothing planned. I went cold turkey off of all of his medications. And I just started pumping this in his G-tube. Okay. And in two days, his eyes started moving around. Wow. So his right eye, because he's missing his entire left occipital lobe wow his right eye most times we couldn't even see because it was just so like like over lazy yeah, right right um i don't know the scientific term for over lazy <laughs> but it was lazy right um had no muscle control okay that eye came into view and was moving around perfectly with the left eye and then it was like macario was playing catch up in life he started moving his arms around he started you know laughing Wow. started showing emotion so now you're starting to get engagement started crying from your son. right i'm yeah. getting this engagement two mm-hmm. months later he's crawling by 14 months old macario is walking 
See, like, I just, it's so. And that is profound. him on the cover of yeah, this book. This he turns eight <laughs> this year, um, turns eight on Monday. That's wild. And no, Sunday, which is January 14th. The whole time did you stay off of those seven medications? Did he ever go back on? The entire time. Wow. He stayed off. Um, we had a stint where he had an incredible seizure, 2019. Okay. And we allowed the doctors to do what they wanted to do for the sake of his safety. But when we got home, we decided to not continue medications. Right. And... Um, just take advantage of cannabinoids. And, okay. and he's been fine. He's in the second grade, and he is normal. He has no developmental deficits. That's, And he's still missing 40% of his brain. So it just shows the, not only the beauty of cannabis right. as an enabler, as a yeah. tool, but the the beauty of the brain and the human body and it's and they're willing a, it's it its wants ability to, to heal ugh. it wants to heal we were made yeah. to heal you know right. so that's Macario's story and that's why I wrote Mighty Flower was for so many reasons right was to bring an awareness to having hope and courage and faith and never giving up to you know really be encouraged by your own story or your own journey no mm-hmm. line is straight right right? No path to success is perfect. Um, and to talk about cannabis and for those that are against cannabis to become educated on it, because I do think that a majority of people that are against it, maybe they have personal negative experiences and that's why they don't right. like the plant. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. For whatever other reasons, I do just think that there is a right way to utilize anything, yep. um, especially cannabis. I don't walk around saying, oh, it's completely safe. Give it to anybody. There's psychoactivity there, yep. so there, there, there is regulation that should be done. Yep. Anything can be unsafe if utilized incorrectly. <laughs> um, yep. So this book is just, you know, it's about the history of the plant. It's about me. It's technically a memoir. Um, being a mom, trying to balance this life, yeah. this crazy life, being a wife to a, a singer, a superstar. And, um, you know, I just want it to bring hope and I want it to bring education when it comes to the plant. And there's something that really stands out to me in the book. And it's that, like everything you said to sum- summarize it is like, you were your son's health advocate when the system kind of it's not that the system was trying to fail him. It just didn't have the purview that you were able to look at it. That's right. Of course, you're a scientist, so you were able to, like, attack this. But, like, any mom or anyone can look at their health and say, actually, this isn't working. I need something else and start reading. Anyone can read and, and start looking at other things that could support them. And I think that's what's so profound is you just never gave up. Um, and, I mean, you come from what seems a very resilient family that has really instilled this, like you put the work in and you never give up. That's right. And and that's why I had to write the book mm-hmm. is because, again, no, no path is perfect. No line is yeah. perfect. And there's no perfect answer. But I always think that there is a way um, and that my experiences did truly enable me to be able to solve this incredible story you know they're like my son's story was not meant to be this way and I was given a gift and people come into crossroads in their life and they need help and they need answers and you know if I can help encourage people to either look within or just look elsewhere just look 
because we get so sucked into systems and we Mm -hmm. get so sucked into beliefs that we don't open our eyes to things that are available right in the palm of our hands. Right. So yeah, I I definitely never gave up. I had a ton of faith and I I knew that there, if I could do something, I was going to do it. Yeah. It's so profound. I want to talk about the endocannabinoid system because the reason why it's something we talk about a lot on this show. Um, but the reason why it saved your son is because of something in his body that you were able to like wake up. Tap into. Tap into. And that's yep. the endocannabinoid system. That's but right. before we get there, I just yeah. have my last excerpt from your book that I think is good to leave anyone listening with. Life has a funny way of playing tricks on us. As soon as we think we've got it all figured out, that we have our futures planned with timelines and milestones pushing us towards success, it sends us untimely reminders of how little control we truly have in the cosmos. This is when you hooked me. Once you said cosmos, I was like, all right, I'm hooked. What is it? (laughs) Rigidity rarely does us well in life, and clinging to certainty can leave us blind to the answers right in front of our noses. When the tide of life rolls in, we have two options. We can try desperately to protect our castles in the sand, or we can relax into the waves, trusting they'll take us to where we need to go. In some ways, each and every one of us is a scientist. We spend thousands of hours inspecting our lives, past, present, and future, through a microscopic lens. We'll do well to become astronomers instead. You got me. I mean, that was just like, you talked about the cosmos, the oceans, astronomy. I'm like, okay. Because that's life. This is my girl. Yeah, that's life. We got to open our eyes to it all. Yeah. And go with it. We got to go with Not it. Not fight it. You know, we fight we, it so much. We have we have blinders on. Yeah. Right? And, you know, life is just so much bigger than that. Yeah. So much broader. I mean, that is why I force my kids to travel and we might miss a little bit of school, but we have to open our eyes. Right. Um, because if you open your eyes and you're tapping into areas of your brain where now you're in your creative right. part and it allows for you to, to just expand your horizons yeah, and connect with the sun. <laughs> yes, I love that. You do something really cool I, you told me about at one of the conventions that I ran into. You always have a kid with you. So, like, sometimes when you're traveling, you pick one of the kids. Yep. They come with you. Yep. They see mom be a badass on stage. Yeah. And they get to experience the culture of wherever you're traveling to. That's right. Yeah. I mean, um, I think that day you saw me, I had BJ with me. And BJ is my oldest son. Okay. So he's 13 now, plays basketball, and we happened to kind of time it out. He had a national tournament yeah so we kind of timed it out basketball player yeah he's getting there he's gonna want (laughs) to give him too much but but he's he's getting there he's you know a little brand and um he's doing really well his team nyba basketball they won the world championship this year the aau world championship so they're awesome and um you know credit to having the right people around him The, Mm -hmm. the nyba coaches are amazing not just coaches but mentors yeah. And teach dedication, teach hard work. And so I brought him to that tournament, not just because we were going to be in North Carolina, but I wanted to show, show him, you know, that environment was a little different that day. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to show him, you know, the fun part of cannabis, of mm-hmm. course. So you had all these different products. It was, you know, a trade show. So there was yep. all kinds of stuff going on. But of course, the presentation of its itself i think my kids think that i'm like in this huge 
um, boardroom all the time okay. or, you know, in a white coat and with these Einstein looking scientists, which I am sometimes, Yeah, you yeah. know, so they'll see pictures of that. But I wanted to show him the relaxing side, the fun side and show him that his mom is willing to educate anybody. Cool. And to perform in front of a very small crowd or a very large crowd and still give it my all. And with yeah. him being an athlete. Right. I wanted him to know that every moment is a big moment, yeah. right? It's yeah. not when you get on the big stage and the chance. No, every moment builds right. those big moments. And so like I, practice is I a big bring moment. every, right, I bring yeah. every kid. I'm intentional about why I bring them there. And then, of course, intentional about the time, having right. that one-on-one right. -on -one time. Because when you have that many kids, <laughs> you know, they're always fighting for attention. Right. I hear mommy I hear in a thousand different ways. Right. A thousand times a day. Probably more than a thousand. Come on. <laughs> Definitely more than a thousand. I'm being nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, but they're my number one. And yeah. so being able to give to them while still doing what I'm doing. Giving to your community. Giving to yeah. this community, trying to change different things in the world and contribute to the innovation of science and medicine in the world. You know, balancing all that, it, it you know, calls for intention. Right. And so I'm very intentional about being mom first and then letting that bleed into science. So cool. The mom scientist. The mom scientist. <laughs> On that note, we're going to come back next week to continue to talk with Dr. Annabelle about her research and where it led her and the important role she is playing in our industry to raise this plant up. If you're enjoying this episode, please go leave us a comment. Let us know. We can't wait to continue the conversation next week and hope to see you back. Bye.